This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. And you're listening to Kiss My Arts on Joy 94.9. You are indeed on the Kiss My Arts show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is, oh, it's nearly two minutes past the hour of nine on your lovely Monday evening. The two worlds of new classical music and alternative indie rock rarely collide. They seem poles apart in style, in culture, and in their fan base. But these two seemingly opposite musical worlds are more alike than you might think. Both experiment and push the boundaries of sound, form and instrumentation. Both are what we could call the bad boys of their industry. So why don't these two musical worlds collide on our stages and in our concert venues? Maybe we're just scared we'll be musically challenged. Or maybe we just like to keep things in their defined little musical boxes. Who knows? But we don't have to sit wondering any longer because in a rare and unique collaboration between Melbourne's finest classical musicians and Melbourne's finest indie art rock band, you'll find there's more in common with these two musical worlds than first meets the eye. One extraordinary night at the Thornbury Theatre will open with Melbourne's leading progressive rock outfit, A Lonely Crowd, followed by the innovative Silo String Quartet. The Arco Symphonic Ensemble, known for its repertoire of fresh contemporary classical music and its high energy and technical precision, will join indie art rock band Glassfrosh to be the lush orchestral accompaniment to a unique set of their rock songs. On tonight's show, we have the conductor and artistic director of the Arco Symphonic Ensemble, as well as multi-instrumentalist and the founder of Art Rock band Glassfrosh, Justin Ashworth, joining us to tell us all about their separate musical worlds and why they decided to join forces in this new and exciting collaborative concert. So get excited because you're about to be thrown into a whole new sonic world that will leave you feeling super smart and musically enlightened. If you haven't already wound down from your Monday-itis, now's the time to kick back, relax, fill up that glass and enjoy an hour of the latest in new music. So let's get your musical minds ticking with a track from Glass Frosh's new album. This one's called Spider Words. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You've been listening to the sounds of Melbourne band Glass Frosh with their track Spider Spider words. On tonight's show, we have the conductor, founder and artistic director of the Arco Symphonic Ensemble, as well as multi-instrumentalist and founder of art rock band, Glassfrosh, Justin Ashworth, joining us to tell us why these two contrasting musical genres decided to join forces in a new and exciting collaborative concert. Tim, Justin, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks, Amy. <laughs> we also have uh, Karen here, who is uh, the 
the mastermind of uh, Anon Islet Records joining us too, who represent Glass Frosh. So welcome to the show too, Karen. You have been on Thank the show you. before in a yes. different, wearing a different hat, but yes. um, tonight you're here to uh, represent your record label. First up, let's hear a little bit about what Gloss Frosch does and then we'll flip the musical coin to hear about what Arco does and then we'll, we'll discover how these two contrasting worlds have meld into one another and join forces for a fantastic collaborative event. So, uh, Justin, you're the, the founder and multi-instrumentalist of the band Glass Frosch. Uh, tell us a little bit about how Gloss, Glass Frosch came to be. Well, that's that's a, a nice long story. I guess it started uh, five, six years ago when I started putting a band together to play music I was writing. And it went sort of from there. Um, it just kind of evolved out of this experimentation into being a band. And uh, yeah, after a long process of dealing with different players and kind of experimenting with different sounds, writing different music, we kind of became a unit with the current lineup that we have and it's sort of grown into its own beast from that, its own, you know, little animal, I guess. Yeah. Because you're, um, as we just mentioned, you're a multi-instrumentalist and I've got a list of at least 10 instruments that you play and you also uh, program and produce um, music as well. There are two other members of Glass Frosch that um that contribute and perform um tell us a little bit about all of your individual roles and how that comes together in your musical process sure um well there's adam rudiger he's our piano and keyboard player um i've been working with adam in a bunch of different sort of situations i guess for 10 11 years god i met him in like 99 it's been forever it's awesome <laughs> and uh and he's a, a really great jazz pianist and brings a lot of that flavor to the music and um which is great because i've always loved jazz a lot but never had the the discipline to kind of sort of devote myself to it i guess so he he gets to sort of inject that into the music without it sort of being forced into the music which is great and then james wingard is our drummer and he's just young and fiery and just brings just real energy to the band and sort of the new material we've been writing with him on the kit has just sort of like raced ahead it's quite more energetic and rocky and and fun and sort of our older material is sort of a lot more introspective by comparison when you we play older material with James it's it's just got more life to it which I I love and then I just do like guitar and vocals and I sort of program a lot of synths and and mess with sound messing with sound is kind of what I love to do the most because it's know? different to to really put a genre box around what glass frosh does or what your sound is um, you, you've obviously got influences far and wide from rock to um, to experimental to all kinds of things what would you say would be your main musical influences oh that's I mean, it's always changing, and I think the main sort of influence is is just sort of. Uh, I, I, you mentioned I, that you really had um, jazz. You were sort of inspired by jazz, and you can definitely hear that in some of your your tracks. Um, for example, you've got lip gloss, which is it's got all kinds of like jazzy yeah. elements in it as well. But then you've also got um, quite a, a sort of, for lack of a better word, sort of a new contemporary 
classical uh, influence in there as well. You've got stringed instruments. You've got some rock elements. There's all kinds of things sort of mushed in together, which is makes it very difficult to to put a a label. Karen, how would you label this if you were you know you're yeah. the the label Sorry, coordinator drifting ah. off to sleep? <laughs> I've had a big day. <laughs> um, to, to label glass brushes music and to try to define it? Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's extremely eclectic, but, you know, everyone says that, but I actually mean it for a change. It does, <laughs> it does incorporate a lot of jazz elements, but you can hear electronica in there. You can mm. hear, um, you know, uh, contemporary, cla- as you said, yeah. contemporary classical in a big way. Um, I think what attracts me personally to glass frosh's music is the um the different timbres that are that are always infiltrating uh, infiltrating each track so you know justin has no qualms about bringing a typewriter in as part of the instrumentation and um what is that thing you have the water phone yeah water phone yeah that's, that's actually that's, the, that's actually yeah. what it's called I can't even describe it, but just... It's a big piece of metal with little prongs coming off it and you fill it with water and bow it and it sounds like whales dying or... Or being happy. (laughs) The way I play it, they sound like they're dying. Um, I can't wait to hear more about Glass Frosh, but we'll take take a quick break and we're going to come back and hear all about Timothy Phillips and his uh, ensemble, the Arco Symphonic Ensemble. Stay tuned. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Art show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is 16 minutes past nine on your lovely, cosy Monday evening. We have a very special show tonight because tonight on the show we join two worlds together. And before the break, we heard a little bit from Justin from Glass Frosh, but we also have Timothy Phillips here, who is the conductor, founder, and artistic director of the Arco Symphonic Ensemble. Timothy, welcome to the show. It's Thank great you to very much, Amy. Great to be here. That's a very long, impressive title. Uh, but tell us a little bit about uh, what ARCO is and how it came to be. Well, ARCO is uh, a new music orchestra, is how I like to describe mm-hmm. it. Um, and it was set up uh, over six years ago with the aim of promoting and performing new Australian classical music. And we were discussing before the show that new is an interesting term in this context because some of the pieces we're doing, they're being performed again, but for the first time in like 50 or 60 years, which actually shouldn't be new. (laughs) And how did the ensemble come to being? Um, So I spent most of the 90s living and working in Germany. And as I was contemplating a return to Australia and also wondering what I might do once I did return, I just kind of identified this niche in the Australian musical landscape. Um, the orchestras had divested, been divested fr- of, from the ABC, so they weren't really fulfilling their role in playing the large symphonic stuff, um, particularly of, you know, Australian or anyone, for that matter, of this in the last century. And, and so that's what the ARCO has as its kind of primary aim, the promotion and presentation of music of this in the last century with an emphasis very much on Australian repertoire. So what's the most uh, challenging thing about running an ensemble like Arco? Um, the most challenging thing is money, <laughs> is getting enough money <laughs> yeah. to be able to put projects on. That's, and that's also uh, the most exhausting thing. Uh, this, uh, you know, for all its good things, Australia's not really set up to run independent art arts companies that mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of still small. Um 
and on a on a practical level it's um it's finding enough of the players who either have the um the vocabulary to perform this music or the willingness to kind of learn the techniques and skills uh because a lot of time needs to be invested in this stuff for it to be done well because um, the music that you perform is incredibly difficult a lot of the time so you you need top-notch players that are well and truly technically trained and proficient in their in their instruments and I mean that must be very difficult to find a a, a group of people who are available it, and willing to do that it's not difficult to find people who are um, very proficient on their instrument it's 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 difficult to find people who are proficient on their instrument and who are prepared to give this difficult challenging music the time that it mm-hmm. needs to be done properly do you have a core ensemble or is it sort of uh, rotating players depending on the project no there's a very clear well in my mind anyway there's a very clear core of string wind brass and percussion players and each project is a slightly different program so that that core is um either sometimes it's just the core of you know like eight to 12 players and often that core is expanded you know uh, last year we were as many as 26 players and mm-hmm. we have been as large as over 30 players and so that's that's um enhancing the core with suitable players and that's kind of the long-term goal is to be able to perform as a kind of a large chamber orchestra. Speaking of long-term goals, you're the artistic director and conductor of, and founder of mm. this uh, ensemble. What are your plans and goals for ARCO in the near future, say for 2013? So we have a four-concert series planned for this year, um, the first one being the concert that we're about to discuss in greater detail later on the show, uh, then another one in June, which is um, a chamber ensemble concert and then two chamber orchestra concerts in October and November. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, the name ARCO itself, you would expect it to be spelt A-R-C-O, but it's actually ha- it has a K in there as well. Um, I believe there is some significance in um, in the name. There's a story behind it. Can you enlighten us? Yeah, the story is... Um, so A-R-C-O is um, ARCO as in to play a stringed instrument with a bow and A-R-K is Ark as in Noah. So it's this idea that we create this orchestra and we discover and perform and breathe new life into these works that then get carried into the future in the way that Noah did with the animals. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a, a further meaning now and it's just creating this big arc between our wonderful heritage composers, um, Australian heritage composers, and making this arc to the present-day composers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We're about to have a listen to Veils by Lisa Lim. Can you tell us a little bit about this piece and your your thoughts on it and your involvement in it? Well, this is one of the things we try to do is play music more than once. Um, Not only stuff that's been forgotten for 40 years, but that we try to do it several times. So this was like the third time that I've done the work, this Lisa Lim work. And... um, Veils. It's if you can just imagine a whole bunch of veils kind of masking the musicians and something, and the sounds merge from this as the veil is either peeled away or or covered back over. It's 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 beautifully lush. She uses lots of extended techniques to create this amazing kind of layer. There might even be sound. some water phones in there. There's no water phones, <laughs> but there are bowed vibraphones. Bowed vibraphones. So this is actually a quite lengthy piece. Yeah. Um, so we've had to just 
chop it down a little bit for the show today. So this is really just scratching the surface mm. on um, on Lisa Lim and this piece. But let's have a listen to a little snippet of Veils by Lisa Lim. Stay tuned because we've got more coming up after we check this out. Joy 94.9. Hello, Tian Tiasen on Kiss My Arts Show. On Joy <laughs> 94.9. I always laugh when I hear Jan Tiersen do that tag. He was so funny. But, yes, you are indeed on the Kiss My Art show on Joy 94.9. The time is 28 minutes to the hour of 10 on your Monday evening. If you like what we're talking about tonight on the show and you want to get involved and have your say, text in on 0427-JOY-949. That's 0427-569-949. Or if you've run out of credit, that's okay. You can email us at onair at joy.org.au. We were just listening to a beautiful, incredibly beautiful track uh, called Requiem by Glass Frosch, and we have the man who created that track sitting right here with us to tell us all about it. Justin, tell us a bit about Requiem. Requiem's a sad song, man. Um, <laughs> uh, it's no, it's uh, very Mozart of uh, you to write a Requiem. Uh, um, uh, it, it's dedicated to some really like dear friends who passed away, and um, yeah, I I was lost for words whilst uh, like feeling so much emotion and just really needed to write a song about it, and uh, so I grabbed this book off the shelf to kind of find like a starting point to kind of get out of my sort of wallow and and sort of proactive about what I was writing, and the book is uh, Japanese death poems. Um, it's a whole bunch of haiku, haiku written by Zen monks and haiku poets on the deathbeds. And uh, so I, I just flipped through it and I, I found three in particular that were just so perfect. I had no like reason to like rip it off other than to just use it as it was. And you know, rather than sort of change it around a bit and kind of fake it, I just like credited the... <laughs> the authors and just use these poems because they said it better than I ever could and the music just kind of I didn't want to overplay it you know it's sort of like my little dedication to to these friends of ours so uh, thank you it's yeah. an absolutely beautiful song and I um and this is kind of leading on to uh this collaborative project that we've been uh, talking well kind of hinting at so far we've heard a little bit about Glass Frosch and the Arco uh, Symphonic Ensemble independently but you guys have decided to join forces in a one night only event at Thornbury Theatre in a couple of weeks where you will your music will become one essentially uh karen maybe you want to tell us a little bit about um how this concert came to be because of the song we just heard requiem is going to be uh, there on the night and there's some right. arrangements tell us a little bit about how it all happened okay well um to <clears throat> first of all with uh with bringing together um uh, Glass Frosh being part of Non-Islet Records along with Arco Symphonic Ensemble. Um, it was That was really Tim's idea to, to bring in a band and, and just do something different with the ensemble, um, <clears throat> I guess to diversify. I mean, it's already a very diverse classical group, but to, to go even further. 
And um, I, I guess after listening to what was on my label, um, there's, I mean, they're all amazing acts, but just, I guess, with the, um, the, the sheer instrumentation of Glass Rush's music and, and the, it kind of, I felt like, well, this is probably going to orchestrate itself. So the, the first thing I thought yeah. on listening to your music for the first time was just how orchestrated it was anyway. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what instrument it was, but it was, it was so, um, you could see how that, that could be transformed to a more orchestral palette. You can That's, basically hear it there already. Sorry, Justin. Oh, I was just going to say there was a there was a really conscious conscious effort in making that record to uh, to just be as colourful as possible, you know, and to sort of steer away from like darkness. And I was really getting into a lot of visual art at the time and just digesting as much colour as I could. I was, was a bit bunch of stuff that I stuck up on my wall that was like I want this to sound like this you know and not unlike the Lisa Lim in a way I mean her music is so colorful as well with all these sort of um contrapuntal lines in texture and it it's not dissimilar to to Glass Frost's music um in, yeah. in its colours. So you can see how these two worlds seemingly quite disparate might actually come together. So Timothy, tell us a little bit about how Arco has approached this and how Arco um, got well, involved. Perhaps, perhaps um, important to say is that Karen is kind of the linchpin in that she is a member of Arco and has been since its beginning, and she is also the you know the manager of this record label who has quite a few bands under its wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've approached it from the point of view, you know, as, as a, a friend and colleague of Karen's, I've taken an interest in her musical life outside of Arco, so I've seen a lot of her bands as well as her playing, and um, we've just talked about the similarities between the music, and um, so I just thought it's these people who like who come to our concerts and like our music and the people who go to a Glass Frosh concert um, and like their music probably... A fair few of them would like each other's music, except they're they're just not going to think about going. You know, mm. Glass Frosh fans probably wouldn't have Arco on their radar, and vice versa. So this was an opportunity of not only bringing the musical worlds together, but bringing the audience worlds together. Um, and yeah. have you either of you ever done anything like this on this scale before? Not on this scale. Yeah, definitely not on this no. scale. So this is new new ground for everybody. What's been the most challenging thing about this project so far, Timothy? Uh, for, so far, nothing's been really <laughs> challenging for me. It's too easy. See, he's no, the... no, no, no. I don't mean I don't mean to sound flippant, um, because uh, everyone has played their part in pulling pulling their you know. So I've created the Arco Ensemble that will accompany Glass Frosh. Glass Frosh have obviously been playing their part in you know learning and relearning the songs and and karen's been kind of like the overlord um (laughs) uh, we had a possible campaign running that that was very successful and it it all comes together next week we have a rehearsal period for a lot of next week and that's where it may but hopefully won't become difficult have you had any challenges in the process I think I've personally had a lot of kind of internal challenges with this project just because, you know, like we're pretty like I I feel like we're still like really emerging on sort of like the scene and uh, and I kind of see Glass Frosh as sort of not being like a band in the sort of 
band scene kind of way and sort of trying to exist in that world is kind of difficult for me and so this is sort of a massive opportunity sort of almost fallen in our laps and we're just riding this wave if we, I don't think if we didn't have like Karen helping out doing these amazing arrangements with the music and kind of being this voice of positivity you know I, d I don't think personally I could handle the responsibility of a show <laughs> like this so in a sense for me the challenge is just to not give up you know and I mean we've got our shtick down like as a band I really I'm really proud to be able to sort of just know that we can pull off our stuff and I have absolute faith in Karen and Tim and the rest of the Arco performers so I'm sure it's going to just be magic. Plus, we've got some some surprise kind of visuals for the night, and we're we're kind of going all out production wise there too. So, and you you've got a couple of other ensembles and um, bands playing as well. Yes. Do you want to tell us a bit about that, Karen? <clears throat> yes, we have um, the amazing Silo String Quartet, and um, uh, is that led by Carwin? It is most yeah. definitely. Yep. Um, and you know they've played at Carnegie Hall, and uh, and they <laughs> they've done the rounds around Australia. Australia as well and um, yeah they're they're just amazing so they're, they're going to be opening the night and then um, another a non-islet records band will be performing called a lonely crowd who are um, genius prog rock musicians they're exceptional um, the lead singer Zen Pao is um, she has a voice to die for. She's incredible. And they'll, they'll be doing an acoustic set, which is something they've never done before. So, so it's new ground for everybody. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to take a listen uh, to another song, piece, track. Uh, this one is a homage to Garcia Lorca by Richard Meal. Tim, do you want to tell us a bit about this one? Um, Richard Meal is one of these heritage com Australian heritage composers that I referred to earlier, um, no longer with us. Uh, and in the late, 50, uh, late 50s, early 60s, he became quite obsessed with Spain, spent some time there, and more specifically with the writings of Garcia Lorca. And so this is a work of his from 1961 for Double String Orchestra. It's very lush. It's very <laughs> lush, yeah. And, and where was this one This recorded? was in our uh, November concert last year at BMW Edge. Fantastic. So we're going to take a listen to that right after this. Joy, 94.9. Is that the most epic end of a piece or what? Absolutely. That was, uh, that was a, a massively lush piece uh, by Richard Meal called Homage to Garcia Lorca, which was just a snippet of um, a much longer extended piece. It's a huge, huge piece, and that was performed by our lovely Arco Symphonic Ensemble, uh, led, of course, by Timothy Phillips. And we have Tim here, and we've got Justin from Glass Frost. Gla I've said it right the whole night yeah. and the very last time. Sorry, <laughs> Glass the time Frosh. I can't say it right. Ah. Well, we better spell it for people because we want people to, um, to head along to your website to check out more about your music and um, to find out more about the concert. Uh, so you've got a website, just glassfrosh.com. Do you want to spell it for us? Yeah, it's G-L-A-S-F-R-O. S-C-H. Brilliant. Uh, Glassfrosh.com. And there's also um, a website for the Arco Ensemble. Yes, and Arco being spelt A-R-C-K-O, symphonicproject, one word, dot org, dot au. 
Fantastic. And Karen, you, you're um, Anon Islet Records yes, has a website? Right. Yep, it's just anonislatrecords.com, which is A-N-O-N-I-S-L-E-T records or Google it or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got this concert coming up very soon. Uh, do you want to tell us the, the, the details of the concert and how our listeners can get tickets please yeah <laughs> yes please come um it's uh saturday april the 6th um and it's at the thornbury theater um and you can go sorry at eight oh, o'clock yes oh yeah it starts at eight um doors from seven thirty, and we start at eight sharp it's not one of those rock gigs <laughs> um not for you <laughs> oh well we'll see <laughs> classical times but rock and uh, music. Vibes. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Oh, hey, you gosh. should market it like that. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> so um, it's at the Thornbury Theatre. That's right. Um, yep. You can have a look at their website too, thethornburytheatre.com, and I think there's links there and everything that yep. can take you through where to buy the tickets. Yeah. Eight o'clock. Um, is that all we need to know? We are going to be filming a documentary of the event on that night. So if you come along... Be part of history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be part of something big. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, it's a big night of music, so mm. you get four kind of four sets. It's it's classical vibes with a rock kind of set up, so there are four sets. It's conceived as, you know, if you go to a pub gig, you'll have this band does this, so it's like that. So Silo from 8 to 8.30 and then a lonely crowd till about 9 and then Arco does a little set on its own till about 9.30 and then the big culmination of the evening mm. with glass rush and it's a one night only event isn't it it's one night if you miss it yeah tough you miss it by <laughs> the <come>. documentary <laughs> by <Yeah>. the documentary <laughs> oh yeah just do that no, <laughs> no come do that yeah so just that just to reconfirm we've got um glassfrosh.com google it if you can't remember how to spell it you'll find it and we've got arcosymphonicproject.org.au and anonislatrecords.com uh, A massive thanks to Julian from Glassfrosh uh, Sorry, Justin, I'm getting, I was doing so well oh. and all of a sudden it's, it's the end of the show. Julian, where did Julian I just, come from? I get that all the last time, show, man. you've got like Kiss My Arts Fatigue or something <laughs> Kiss My Arts. It is the last Kiss My Arts show, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Thank you so much, uh, Justin and Timothy from the Arco Symphonic Ensemble for joining us on the show tonight. And also thanks to Karen for coming along as well and um, enlightening us about uh, your your record label and um, and, and giving us a little bit more in-depth info on... uh, on the concert. It's fantastic. Remember, if you're keen to see their two musical worlds collide, live in concert for one night only, head to thethornbrytheatre.com. You can book your tickets there. Uh, This will be the last Kiss My Art show for a little while after five straight seasons. We are due for a scheduled break and a very, very new show will be taking our spot from next week. From nine on Monday evenings, you can now tune in to The Locker Room a show all about the world of sport. A rather interesting transition from an art show to a sport show on your Monday evening. But as we've discovered tonight, sometimes two opposing worlds can come together in the most unusual ways. 
Uh, in 2012, Kiss My Arts interviewed, uh, featured and reviewed over 100 artists and bands, over half of which were independent Australian artists. Kiss My Arts has broadcast over 70 live-to-air studio performances of often new and unreleased songs by independent bands and artists. We've interviewed the likes of British India, Bombay Bicycle Club, The Presets, Julia Stone, Ben Gillies from Silverchair... Butterfly Boucher, Hermitude, Geordie Lane, Sasquatch, Alpine, Jack Carty, Polo Club, JD Sampson, Georgia Fair, just to name a few, and of course Glass Frosh and the Arco Symphonic Ensemble. We've even interviewed Jan Tiersen. Yep, that's the guy who wrote the music for Amelie, which I know, I believe, is one of your inspirations. I read that on your MySpace or hey, something. Hey, yeah, yeah. I love so, that movie. I love that music. Yeah. I He's saw a him cool live. Guy. He's amazing. Did you see him in his concert? Uh, was it last year when he came to Melbourne? I saw him at the Corner Hotel several years ago. It was rock. Wow. It was nothing like Nothing like Amelie, absolutely. He had two toy pianos with contact mics on them and it was when he did the Amelie music and it was and a rock band backing it. It was huge. His music is extremely experimental. That Amelie stuff was kind of, yeah, like one of only many things that he does so yeah he was great to interview um so it's been an amazing journey and uh, i know that i've learned so much in the process but i'm going to enjoy my break but we'll be back soon to bring you more of the latest in new music stay tuned because coming up next we have the boys from the cubby house taking you through to 11 but before i leave you i'm going to play another glass frosh track this one's called lip gloss justin tell us a little bit about this one. Oh wow lip gloss was a song i wrote well a tune i wrote a long time ago uh when i was first started playing jazz with adam and uh it, it kind of we stopped playing jazz with that band stopped playing together and i always wanted to rework it into something else so we revived it we got uh, Ben McKinnon from Mr. Bungle and Umlaut to uh, play the saxophones on it and uh, kind of just messed with the form a bit and turned it into something else. It's got Nat, Nat Grant doing a whole bunch of junk percussion in the background. And um, and lip gloss? Where does that title um, come from? Uh, it, was, it was sort of, you know, it was the... It was the late 90s and everyone was wearing like really ridiculous sparkly lip gloss and at, at uni it was there was just a look going around and I, I don't know it was funny I used to write songs like that and with titles like that and breaststroke and stuff like that yeah well it's coming up I don't, I don't know what was what was going on I was young well this is lip gloss it's coming up right after this joy 94.9 
This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.